Hello and welcome. You are listening to the teaching ministry of Coastal Oaks Church in Rockport, Texas. It is our hope that you will be encouraged and that your desire to follow Jesus Christ will be challenged and strengthened as you listen to this podcast. For more information on location, service times, and what to expect on your next visit, go to CoastalOaksChurch.org. Now grab your Bible and study along with us as you listen. Amen. You can be seated. I invite you to open your Bibles to the book of John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're going to look at one verse, verse 47 in a moment, and then a passage in chapter 10. This morning, I want to challenge our congregation to a new step of faith and obedience. We're calling this the encounter. Uh, several years ago, we finished up our journey, which got us into this worship, ser- this worship center. Uh, some other things about our facilities were taken care of through the journey. Then we entered into another emphasis called the encounter. And through that, we prayed and gave and saw God provide so that we could expand parking and buy property and build another building. We're ready for the next step in that encounter. And today starts the day that I'm going to be asking you to pray for the next 60 days, about 60 days, about how God would use you and how God would show his provision through you as we bring a willing love offering to the Lord on March 6th. So that's what we're talking about today. I love the story about a seven-year-old boy. And he was uh, concerned about his future, lots of questions. His father told him about baseball players who could skip college, and mother didn't think that was a good idea. Uh, so they're, they're challenging this little boy to, to really figure out what to do. And so they said, I want you to go pray and do what God tells you to do. Because they thought, you know, we do that as parents sometimes. We kind of put the guilt on them. You pray about it, do what God tells you to do. He finally came back and said to his mom and dad, he said, I, I need to know something. What does God sound like? Because if I'm supposed to be listening for his voice, what does he sound like? And we have a tendency sometimes to forget that it's important that we explain that to people. So I'm going to spend a a portion of what we do today talking about how we can listen for God's direction. But I want to begin by backtracking about 20 years and tell you my story and how my personal story fits into the story of Coastal Oaks and how we are to the place we are right now. We learned years ago how important it is to trust God for every single thing. We've kind of been a congregation that clings to Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. All that here are here belong to him. That's our, our, uh, our perspective, that everything we have belongs to God. Our congregation has been taught that we're going to pray until we hear. We're going to hear until we obey. Someone called that pray HBO. I like that. Hear, believe, and obey. I asked our congregation a few years ago to, to respond to how God had been working and dealing with them in, in the, the ministry of giving and stewardship. And one of our members wrote this and, and sent it to me. This says, this family came to our church. We soon learned of the debt-free method of operation at Coastal Oaks. Having come from a mega church with huge debt problems, we were aware of the trap of counting your soldiers, building empires, and the shackling indebtedness that normally follows. This couple came to our church, and they were attracted to the fact that this is a debt-free ministry. I don't know if you all know that, but we are operating as a debt-free ministry. So I want to take you all the way back um, to my life, my personal ministry in the 1990s, where uh, we were sensing a a move of God in our lives, that that God was about to do something unique with, with, with me and Kelly and our kids. And I was listening to the Experiencing God tapes by Henry Blackaby. That shows you how long ago it was, a cassette tape. 
And I was driving to my car listening, and he made the comment about how pastors often leave a church to go to a bigger church. It's just kind of the way it works. You, you, you get your skills in a smaller church, and you're able to handle a bigger church and handle a bigger church. And Blackaby said in this teaching, not many guys will go from a large church to a smaller church. And God just grabbed my heart and said, Kevin, would you be willing to do that? Would you be willing to leave this congregation where I was running at that time? I'm not sure about 200, 300. Would you be willing to leave this congregation and go to a smaller congregation? And I said, yes, Lord. But it wasn't too long after that that God introduced me to Coastal Oaks, a smaller congregation. And he tugged at my heart and said, Kevin, would you be willing to leave that ministry with the staff and everything that's going here and go to this smaller congregation? And I said, yes, Lord. Well, for me to be available to go, God had to do some things in my life, in my heart. Even financially, we were a, a, a household who did like many households had done. We were in debt, still paying off cars that had long since had their usefulness. You know how that is. And we were praying about having the freedom to go anywhere. And we knew that to leave that church with that salary and to go to a smaller church, it might be financially impossible for us. And, and I, we started praying about getting out of debt. And so one, actually an anniversary celebration, God sent a, a hailstorm and destroyed our car that we owed money on, totaled our car with a hailstorm. And we went and got the insurance money and we paid off the car and, and I, Kelly and I were talking and said, we're suddenly out of debt now. That one car payment was the only thing we had. God provided a way for us to leave and we came to this church and we followed God's leadership. Those early days were difficult for us. A, a smaller congregation, they weren't paying me the salary I was used to. You know how that is when you, when you get used to something? And so we were having to stretch and pinch our pennies and and we struggled. There were times when we couldn't put tires on our car or pay our bills. And people in this congregation sacrificed and put tires on our car. People who didn't even know us, who visited this church, would, would come through, passing through. And, and I didn't say anything. I, there was no word out there that I was in need. But I'd be standing out there shaking hands. And they, as uh, some folks say, they'd grease my palm. They'd put some money in my hand. And I'd say, if that's an offering, the offering plates are in there. They'd say, no, Pastor. God spoke to me and told me to give this to you for you and your family today. God did that through those early years, and he provided. I was so glad he did, because when we told our kids in the third grade and first grade, we were moving from a church where they had friends and loved ones, a great ministry, we're going away. They said, why? And I said, because God has told us to go. And so when I got down here and times were tight, I said, God, you need to demonstrate to me so I can show my kids that you're still our provider because you guided us here, and he did. When we would go to the mailbox and find an envelope with cash in it and go to the kids and say, look what God did. No name on it, no who it came from, just look what God did. We got to celebrate the fact that God was going to take care of us and provide for us. So, so I learned that personally, and then as God began to lead this church, I, I was in a place where I could understand God's going to do that. We took a step of faith in those early years to support a mission and, and made a commitment to give $100 a month that we didn't have. And God began to move. And we made a commitment to get out of debt, 90-something thousand dollars we were indebted. God provided through his people for us to be out of debt. We just took those small steps of faith and we began our journey, learning that we could focus on obedience, praying and seeing God move and work. So many stories I'd love to share with you. It's so hard to to take 20 years and put it in a nutshell. We, we started with a care and share ministry. It was different than the one we do today. We had a bulletin board that we put in the gym because that's where we were meeting because we were praying about this building that wouldn't, didn't exist. There was just a bunch of trees here. And we were praying about it, and we, we said, we want to, to, if you have a need personally, let's put it on this board as needs. 
And then on the other side of the board, it was met needs or God's provision. And we would pray about all the needs on this side. And when God met the needs, we would move them over on the other side of the bulletin board. And we saw God provide over and over and over again. Just, and we rejoiced. We saw God provide washing machines and jobs and, and cars. So one, one story I love, one family who was attending our church, their father was uh, elderly. I got to visit with him, get to know him. Uh, we were talking about Y2K. That shows you when that was. And uh, prayed with the man. And uh, I found out after the fact that the man passed away not too long after that. He had an old car that he had fixed up, uh, really had it detailed, had it running better, uh, put new tires on it, and just parked it in his carport. And he couldn't drive. And his family said, we don't understand why God, why, why, why our dad put all that money in that car. Well, then we had the care and share ministry. And somebody put on that board, I need a car. And this family said, oh, I know now why dad put new tires on that car and passed it on to us when he passed away. Because God knew that there'd be a family that needed a car. And that family gave that car to that family. And we just did it again. We just celebrated and we rejoiced at what God had done. I love this, the, the time when we were trying to clear this property here. And this property was all oak trees, big oak trees. I told our folks, we're going to have to change the name of our church when we cut down all these trees. We're going to be Coastal Oak. Because a lot of big trees came down. We, we didn't know what we were going to do. Folks, that's expensive if you've done that recently. Well, a man in our church happened to be a retired lumberjack. And he came with his chainsaws and all his gear and all that stuff came down. And then we had all these huge trees and limbs laying on the property. So we looked into how much money it would cost to haul those off. And it was way more than anybody anticipated. So we're praying about God. We don't know what to do about that. Well, a man comes by and, and contacts the church and says, Hey, uh, what are you going to do with all those trees and all those limbs laying on the ground? Oh, we don't know. Why? He said, I, I, I would like to take them off your hands. I need them. So we asked him, explain. He said, I'll come with my chainsaws and I'll cut them all up and I'll take them away. And we came to find out that this man was a believer. He had been praying. He has a ministry to, to at-risk kids. He takes them away to camp and they have bonfires and stuff. And he had been praying that God would provide firewood. And he drove by our property. We had been praying that God would provide a way for us to get rid of the firewood. Isn't that a coincidence? Not the way God works that out. Story after story after story of how God did a work there. Um, we had situations where people drove by and saw as we were building this building that we needed uh, work with, with plumbing and they donated their plumbing. We're, our men were out digging a ditch in the front here to run some cable and water was filling up the ditch and a guy stopped by and said, I've got a well point system that'll draw the water out of that ditch. We didn't even know him. I, I haven't seen him since, but he came and provided that. God just provided over and over and over again. So we learned to trust God. Those are just a few of many stories of how as we got into this worship center, as we decided to build debt-free and wait on God, God blessed. Now, I promise you that if we had gone out and borrowed the money to build this building, we, had, we would have been in it way earlier than we were. It wouldn't have taken us seven years. We'd have been in, and, and we'd still be paying for it today and many years to come, and we'd be paying three times what you pay for a building with all that interest that's on top of that. But I also promise you this. We would have missed all of those blessings where we had to trust God and watch him come through, come through. That's how God has worked in the life of this congregation. We moved on to what we call the encounter, and we started that, and God uh, laid on our hearts to do some study, and we found that we needed more parking space and then new land, and God provided the three and a half acres next door. That's another whole long story is how it wasn't available, and then it became available, and then the price was way too high, and then we discovered we could offer way less, and they, they sold it to us, and we had an offering and bought the property like that, Cash. And then this new building, we took up a, a, a love offering through the encounter time, and God provided 
way more in a single offering than we ever thought would come become possible. And, and we had in mind, with that money, we're going to be able to do all kinds of things, expand our children's facility and change some other facilities and move our offices. And it turned out all that money was needed to relocate the offices so we could expand the children's building. And we've looked at it and said, you know, God provided exactly what we needed for that time. And now we're to that place again where we're ready to trust God as we expand the children's facility and put all our, our energy into that right now. And we're going to trust God to move one more time. That's the encounter. I think about how God has worked behind the scenes over and over and over. One more story, and then we'll get to our scripture today. We, uh, one of the neat things that happened when our, at the end of those worship services, and we'll be doing this again on March 6th, we'll have an encounter celebration Sunday. We have testimonies and people share, and then we have either baskets or buckets or wheelbarrows, or we've done everything. And at the conclusion of a testimony service, we ask our people to come and place their offering in the, in the box, basket, whatever. People come. One couple who were both out of work put a title for a trailer in one of those baskets. And so we're going through the stuff. The ladies are counting the money and looking. So we have a title to a trailer. So what are we going to do with that? We'll, we'll sell that trailer. So we put the trailer out here, put a price on it because some of our folks were, were guys who knew what trailers were worth, we thought. Put price on it. And the, the couple told us what it was worth, so we put a price on it, and it didn't sell, it didn't sell, it didn't sell, and we waited and waited. And so our guys put their heads together and said, you know what, the price is too high. So we went back to that family, we said, is it really worth what you said it's worth? And they said, yes, it is. We just need to wait on God. Right after that, a man drove by, paid full price for the trailer, I believe. He knew what it was worth because it had some special work done to it. I thought, what an incredible thing that God would send a man who could see beyond the obvious to what was really there and be willing to give that. And if we, had, if we had jumped the gun and lowered the price, we would have missed another blessing of God. So we're, we're taught to trust him, we're taught to pray, and we're taught by faith to respond in obedience. So here's what I'm asking you to do for the next 60 days. I'm asking you to pray and hear from God. And as God speaks to your heart about giving a free, willing love offering to him, not to us, not to this church, not to me, when you do that, you have, it just gets all messed up because you give it to men and not to God. But if you would come and give that offering to God and say, God, I'm going to trust you with this, and I'm going to bring that. We're going to ask you to do that for the next 60 days. I'm asking you to pray, to hear from God and obey. So since I'm asking that, let's look at how you can sense the voice of God, all right? Very quickly, and yes, I do mean that. Some guys just say that, and they just say it, but I mean it. Let's look at these two passages John chapter 8, verse 47. How do we listen for God's direction? The one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God. The one who knows God, the one who belongs to God, a Christ follower will listen for God's words. So to listen is where we need to be. Look at chapter 10 with me also, as Jesus continues to teach. Chapter 10, verses 2, 3, and 4. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. We are sheep. God is our shepherd. We are listening to his voice and his direction. So you say, Pastor, how in the world do you know when God is speaking to your heart about what to give? Let's walk through this, all right? Number one, God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. 
So important. This is not mystical. It's not magical. It's not chill bump stuff. It's not uh, smoke and, and, and visions necessarily. God can speak however he wants to, but, but in the, the regular norm of the Christian life, God's Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, speaks to us by our spirit. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord's plans or purposes will prevail. Psalm 50, uh, Isaiah 55.8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. So God has a spiritual agenda for us. And it's usually contradictory to the common sense logical agenda that we might have. When they told us, the people that loan money and the people that help churches build, when they told me, you cannot build a building without borrowing money. They told me that. Everybody I contacted. That's a logical explanation, okay? We believe that God's leading us to do differently. That's, that's not logical to say, God, we're going to wait on you. So God's Holy Spirit speaks to us in the spiritual realm. Do you remember the story we looked at in Elijah in 1 Kings uh, a few months ago when he goes off to be alone with the Lord and, and, and there's this wind and God's voice is not in the wind and Elijah's listening and there's an earthquake and the Bible says the voice is not in the earthquake and there's a fire and his voice is not in the fire. And then it goes on to say that there was a soft whisper from God and Elijah heard God. That's the way God speaks to me in a soft whisper, a quiet impression in my heart. I would love it for him to put it across the sky. Kevin, do this. Coastal Oaks, do this. You know, I think if he did, we'd probably miss it. Like the farmer who prayed about should he go in the ministry and, and, and he saw the clouds formed a PC and he thought that meant preach Christ. And it came to mean, God meant to say plow corn. So you have to be careful of how you interpret the signs from God. If God did write it, we would miss something. We'll talk about that in a minute. His Holy Spirit prompting us in our spirit. When I say God spoke to me, that usually means that I have this inner impression where God's spirit and my spirit are in sync and I, I, I understand something. And we'll talk about how you do that. So God is speaking to you, if you're a Christ follower, in, in your spirit by his spirit. And here's how he does it. God speaks to us, number two, through the word. He speaks to us by his Holy Spirit through the word. There in chapter 8 of John. The one, who listens, uh, the one who is from God listens to God's words. God takes his word and speaks to our hearts. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that the spiritual man understands spiritual things. The unbeliever cannot understand it. It is God's Holy Spirit who takes his word and, and speaks to my heart and presses upon my heart. See, understanding spiritual truth is what God, God wants us to do in his word. Someone said, understanding spiritual truth doesn't lead us to an encounter with God. It is the encounter with God. When I'm reading the Bible, when I'm reading the Word of God, God speaks to my heart through His Word. That is when I discern God is speaking to my heart. So God's going to use His Word. Don't discount His Word. He's going to use His Word. It's going to be, it's going to be consistent. It's going to be clear. When I'm praying about a decision to make, I go to the Word of God. A while back, well, I'll go back 20 years when I was praying about coming to Coastal Oaks, and I said, God, I, I, everything seems to be lining up in my life, but I, I haven't had a word from you in your Word. And God impressed upon my heart and reminded me of the story of Paul being called over from the, the man from Macedonia saying, come over and help us. And, and I, I said, I, I remember that story, Lord. And so I started looking through my, my concordance and I went to Acts chapter 16 and I read that passage. And as I read it, God affirmed and confirmed in my heart that God was calling me here. God will use his word to bring confirmation. Number three, 
God speaks to us by his spirit through his word and through prayer, through prayer. You need to understand that prayer is a relationship. It's not one-sided communication where I tell God what I want. It's where I'm open and sensitive to his voice and I sit and I listen to him. Again, the one who is from God listens to God's words, sitting, waiting, quiet before the Lord. Well, we need that in our culture, don't we? We're so busy just to stop and be quiet before the Lord. By the way, God always takes, takes the initiative to call me to pray. Whenever you're prompted to pray, whether it's like our, one of our connection classes prayed over uh, one of our men in the foyer this morning who's having some health problems, when God calls you to pray for someone, or whether it's a congregation, or whether individually, that is God's invitation to you to spend time with him. Isn't that great the way that works? He is inviting me to get into the deeper part of my relationship and my walk with him. And then I take the word of God in my prayer life, and, and and I discern the will of God, and they'll begin to line up together. Number four, he's going to use the word, prayer, and number four, God speaks to us through circumstances. Through circumstances. In John chapter 5, Jesus said, my father is still working and I'm also working. And the verb tense means he's at it today. God is at work all around us. We just need to open up our eyes and see. Here's one of the things that, that there's a couple of extremes in, in looking at circumstances. One is this extreme over here that says, I'm going to guide, my life is going to be guided by circumstances. If a door opens, I'm going to go through the door. If a door closes, I'll wait. If this happens, it must be God. That's the extreme. The other extreme is to just pray and not look at those circumstances. There needs to be a balance where I say, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to filter what I'm praying for through your hand and what the circumstances are of what's going on in my life. So important to be discerning when I pray, God, would you meet my need? And then God puts a a provision in my life. One of the things I pray every time we have one of these encounter offerings, and I'm, I'm praying it now, God, if there's any... I don't know what God's going to have my family give. If I were to look at my checkbook, I don't know what we'd figure out. Probably that we shouldn't give anything. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to say, God, if, if, there, if you to impress upon my heart an amount, I'm going to be obedient. But if there should be some un- unexpected income during this, this 60 days of prayer, I'm going to take it that, Lord, that's, that's you saying give this amount. So here's what I've done. I've said, God, you provide. And this has happened over and over again. You provide, and then I go to the mailbox, and there's an unexpected insurance check, or an unexpected bonus, or an unexpected gift, or an unexpected something, and, that, and I have to connect the dots. Instead of praying, oh God, what should I give, and then God provides it over here, and I miss it. Oh good, he made it possible for me to buy a new car. Maybe, just maybe, I need to connect the dots where I've said, God, what would you have me to give, and God's putting it together right here. Think about the feeding of the 5,000 and how the disciples learned to trust God in that circumstance of being hungry, and they watched him provide, and they connected the dots and knew that he was the bread of life. And number five, did you think I'd get there? Some of you just looked at your watches just now. God speaks to us by his Holy Spirit, through his word, through prayer, through circumstances, and lastly, through other believers. God speaks to us through other believers. Now, this doesn't mean that this is giving you the privilege to be the prophet and preacher to tell everybody what you think of them, all right? This means that in the context of a community, as Ephesians 4 talked about, as we looked at a few months ago, as we're the body, 
and we're together and these relationships are what makes the difference in the body. As God uses those relationships, he helps me discern his purposes and his ways. When we began to pray in those early days about becoming a debt-free church, I was overwhelmed. I just tell you, I was overwhelmed with, with almost $100,000 indebtedness that, 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 that we had at the time. I was overwhelmed. And I did not know how in the world we were going to come out from under that and become debt-free. And uh, if it had been up to Kevin, I probably, we'd probably still be there. But God put several key families in our church who were so committed to living debt-free that they spoke truth into my life. Not because they scolded me and said, Pastor, you need to lead this way. I just saw it in their lives. There was a passion. They would say stuff like, Pastor, let's pray that God would take care of that. Let's pray that, that God would meet that need. Pastor, we, we don't need to worry about borrowing money. Don't listen to those consultants. <laughs> let's just pray. God used the body of Christ to speak truth into my life. And, and just by their life, I understood, God, maybe this is something you're calling me to do. See how God works? He puts people in our lives. When you're praying about a decision, we're not just talking about giving to the encounter, giving to the Lord through the encounter, but we're praying about a decision. And, and you're saying, I wonder if this is what I should do. First of all, there needs to be a relationship with God through Jesus Christ as a believer to have that relationship to listen to his spirit. Then I need to look at my prayer life. Is there a peace as I pray? I look at the word of God. Is what's God saying to me in his word? What do circumstances say? And then what do other believers say to me? You might just need to say, I, I, you might need to go to someone and say, what do you see God doing in my life? I've had people throughout the years say, Kevin, it's obvious. You don't see it, but it's obvious. This is what God's up to. Trust other believers to speak truth into your life. Now, I'm asking you to pray for 60 days. On March 5th, we're going to gather together for a day of prayer, and I'm going to ask you to sign up and be here and take 30 minutes or an hour and just pray that God would show himself to us. And then on March 6th, we're going to have a, a time of worship where we, we celebrate and we pray and we, we hear testimonies about what God has been doing. And let me tell you, after 20 years of doing this, most of those testimonies have nothing to do with a building. They have nothing to do with, with all those kinds. They, they have everything to do with God working in the lives of his people. And we'll celebrate those things. And then we'll come and we'll give this willing love offering to the Lord. And we'll, we'll give God the glory. So I'm asking you to pray for these 60 days. Listen for God's voice. Pray until you hear. Hear until you believe. Believe until you're willing to obey. And it is all about relationship. This last week, Kelly and I celebrated 35 years of marriage. And some of you have given thanks. Okay. All right, now. <laughs> That's for her right there, okay? Um, some of you have been married twice that, and I know that, so I feel kind of awkward when people applaud 35. But all through this week, we, we got away for a couple of days. Uh, we were driving down the road, and I'd look at her and say, Honey, 35 years? I just can't believe it. 35 years. That's a long time. But you know what? Over those 35 years, I've learned some things. I've learned that I know her intimately, and she knows me intimately. And I, I know usually what she's thinking. She often knows what I'm thinking. I, I can sometimes discern exactly what's going to come out of her mouth when it's, we're in a certain situation. And when, when there are times when Kelly says something that's not in, in sync with her character, I know something's up. And I'll say, what's, what's going on here? Because that doesn't sound like you. You know why I know that doesn't sound like her? Because I spent 35 years with her. 
I know. But she could stand here for hours and tell you what she knows about me. But, but why do we know that? We, we are sensitive to, to our true character and what our voice is, and we know each other's voice. We know when it's true. That's the only way you get to know someone is by spending time with them. Let me tell you, maybe this 60 days, as you spend time praying about an offering to the Lord for a children's facility, maybe as you're praying, maybe this could be the time where God calls you into a deeper relationship with himself, and it's nothing about a building or a facility or a ministry. It's all about your walk with him because you're going to grow in your relationship with him. That's my challenge to you this next 60 days. Let's pray together. Pray with me now.